How do we create systems to encourage new growth? With honest dialogue, sticking to agreed plans, and to correct anything that is out of order. If we want to keep mediocrity at bay, the team must stand together as a unit with the goal of growth firmly planted in their minds. Author Scott Reed wrote, This one step, choosing a goal and sticking to it, changes everything. I want to believe that the majority of humanity desires to do incredible things with the life they are given, to passionately exhaust every possibility to leave a legacy of innovation, kindness, love, and knowledge. This third installment, this session, is about creating systems to encourage new growth. We will focus on investing in the people, communication, and prayer life. To do this, I will begin with a few questions. We will move into a relatable story about gardening, and I'll go ahead and refer you to Matthew chapter 13. And finally, we will focus on scripture passages that can help us follow God's truth and remain encouraged to do his will. Let's start with the questions. How do you govern the body, the church, the members God gave you to shepherd? Is your method of communication working? What are the most urgent prayer requests you hear repeated throughout the congregation? All of these questions lead us to check the soil of our hearts and invest in stick to itiveness. Hello and welcome to Talking on Purpose with Tori. This is the internet show where we talk about all things related to church growth, social media, communication, and building your ministry team. If you have not already, please hit that subscribe button and the bell so you'll be notified each time a new episode is released, which is typically every Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the third installment of our current series, Mediocrity in Ministry, and I will link the other parts one and two somewhere around here and leave it in the description box as well. Zig Ziglar wrote, a goal properly set is halfway reached. I cannot stress enough the importance of writing the vision and making sure everyone is working towards the same goal. It's like having a farm and you have a team of workers. Each one has a specific role so that everything gets done. So let's say that the church organization you lead has a produce farm and you grow everything from corn and watermelon to peppers and kale. In your team meeting, you've decided which fields are due for rest and which fields you will plant seeds. The soil is prepared for the specific types of produce you plan to harvest. But wait, you decide that you, as the leader, don't want to see an empty field. So you grab a bag of seeds and just 
hand sow, tossing seeds from an unmarked bag. As time goes on, the seedlings start to sprout up. The team makes daily checks, keeping out the rodents, the insects, and ensuring things are watered properly. However, the seeds that you, as the leader, threw in the field that was to rest starts blooming all sorts of things. Tomatoes, strawberries, broccoli, radishes, everything. And the team is confused and wondering what in the world is happening because none of those crops ever grew in that area. Now, the first logical thought being in the congregation is, wow, look at what God has produced. But there's no way to really harvest anything because all of those fruits and vegetables, they ripen at different intervals. Soon the groundhogs, deer, insects, they all take over because there is no way to effectively tend to the field that no one expected to harvest. We could look at that in two ways. One, we gave the animals something to eat, but we also invited them into the garden we were trying to protect, giving the team extra unnecessary work. Or that was a leader made mistake and he or she needs to make a heart adjustment. Either way we look at it, or if you came up with an entirely different scenario, the point is that the goal, the mission, was to grow fruits and vegetables as a team in a systematic way. I tell this brief story and took a little liberty with the parable of the sower from Matthew 13 because we can all get wrapped up in what we think is best or the habits and rituals we are accustomed to. I've done it. I went out and started doing things all willy-nilly thinking I was helping, but once I self-examined, I realized it was all about my preferences and not about the team that God gave me to work within. So I repented and I apologized. As leaders, we deliver two messages, what we say and what we do. Now, a discerning team member, a discerning person, family member, or friend will pay more attention to what you do and take your words with a grain of salt. Unfortunately, that's like watching a volcano erupt and waiting until the last second to move out of the way of the spewing rocks. It's exhausting. Some will resign themselves to that type of oppressive system and others will leave. How do we create systems to encourage new growth? With honest dialogue, sticking to agreed plans, and to correct anything that is out of order. If we want to keep mediocrity at bay, the team must stand together as a unit with the goal of growth firmly planted in their minds. Going back to the story of sowing the seeds, what if you, as the leader, saw a team member going against the plan and throwing seeds around all willy-nilly? If your heart is set on following the system, you will likely get angry and immediately correct the individual. 
So let's look at some passages to keep us encouraged and looking towards the eternal rewards and not the earthly applause. Investing in people. Let's look at Colossians 3.23 and it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Colossians 3.23 is part of the rules for living in Christ, directions for the household, and instructions for relationships. The Apostle Paul described practical ways the Colossians and we can present ourselves as new beings, new creatures in Christ. Colossians 3.23 is our people component to check our motivation behind our words and actions. Step 2. Investing in communication. Proverbs 19.2 says, Desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Proverbs 19.2 helps us approach everything with divine caution. Our Lord and Savior orders our steps. We can avoid recklessness that can lead to mistakes. So let's be encouraged to pray, seeking God's wisdom before rushing to a decision. Proverbs 19.2 helps us to be mindful of our impulsive attitudes. I pray we don't miss the opportunity to work with God cooperatively through the Holy Spirit to communicate effectively with our teams um, or those who or those he has entrusted to us, to you. The third component, investing in prayer. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Hebrews 11.6 provides sound wisdom to pray for our team and the direction he, our Lord, wants wants us to grow in. Faith is the acceptance that God exists. If God sent his son Jesus to die for our sins, to save us, to save our souls, how will we abide in him? By believing that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us as a helper. Hebrews 11.6 prepares us each day to expect God to show up powerfully. The faith we have eases our anxiety, refocuses our agenda, and drives our motivation to please God. We can lead with authority and position ourselves to shine the light of Jesus in the dark areas and watch God grow something extraordinary. There is a reason the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 14.40. He said, But everything must be done in a proper and orderly manner. It's not about following some unwritten rules or doing whatever is right in our own eyes. This life, our families, our churches, the body of Christ is about working peaceably together. And if we do that, if we do that, with an ordered system, and agree to the terms, oh my goodness, we can claim victory over the battle of mediocrity. That's the place the enemy wants to keep us in, circling the drain and sticking to what we know instead of having faith in what's to come. Thank you 
Thank you for joining me for this third installment. If you found value in this content, please consider sharing it with a friend or two. And I invite you to visit www.toryslaughter.com for more resources and amazing freebies. I look forward to seeing you in our next and final installment of Mediocrity and Ministry, How to Battle Everything from the Pulpit to Social Media Platforms. <music>